Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. So today on the podcast, we have Natasha Kletter, and we are so excited to talk with her and pick her brain. Um, Natasha, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. Yeah, of course. I guess we want to just start with um, letting our listeners know a little bit about you and what really led you to the neurodiversity community um, and what you're passionate about. I have two kids and um, we are big happy neurodiverse family. I, of course, you know, much like other parents, my kids got their diagnoses and uh, you just start researching and you go heavy at the beginning with every therapy under the sun. And then you start learning a bit more from the community and kind of uh, learning to enjoy the child in front of you uh, and then starting to look at yourself as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So did that kind of prompt you or lead you into creating this like community? Cause you have a pretty large following on Instagram. Yeah. Like how did all of that start? Uh, the, I started off with the books, uh, the communication soundboard books. And that was, I believe five or six years ago was the beginning of that. And they, the, all my, my son was born, born autistic. Um, and later he had open heart surgery as an infant and it was all hands on deck with that and the recovery and feeding problems, uh, then speech delay and global developmental delay uh, diagnosis that led to the autism diagnosis, which led to a genetic disorder uh, diagnosis. So it was just kind of, you know, like an onion <laughs> layer by layer. And uh, the his whole team um, said that he would never speak. And so we were like hundred percent on using text and a go talk and sign language. Uh, and he has, um, some, uh, apraxia, uh, motor planning challenges. So our sign language was simplified. Uh, I just wanted to communicate with my son. I wanted him to be able to communicate with all of us. And we were, using a lot of different books at the time. And I, I was like, man, if we could just make a toy uh, that communicates, this would be so much easier because he would want to use it. He would want to explore it. And that was like my light bulb moment for designing the books. And um, as it progressed, I kind of dove in to social media and learning a lot from uh, autistic adults and um, about and the disability movement and social model of disability. And it just kind of uh, snowballed from there into what I'm doing currently. 
That's amazing. I'm so impressed. I, I want to hear more about the books. Can you describe kind of the books more to us? Like, um, what's the process in making them? What's, what's the details behind that? Cause there's really not anything in our field as speech therapists like that. So I think yeah. that's so amazing. I'd love to hear more. I, I, was well, I actually I went to school for mechanical engineering oh, wow. and never actually became an engineer but the thought process of you know observing the problem and figuring out what are the barriers and uh, really observing my son and his demand avoidance and I got a lot of opportunities to work with other kids who had speech delays for whatever reason and they all wanted to play and we still need to treat them as children and not as a patient uh, or as an adult who should be able to navigate uh, this like medical device and I you know as a parent I'm going through it and um, I went through the appeal process for a Novichat uh, with Medicaid, like I've done all the parent stuff and um, I know the challenges of trying to have happy home life, but also a therapeutic home mm -hmm. and where the, those merge is such a balancing act. Um, and I, I wanted to design a product that or a communication system that grandparents could use, the babysitter could use. Uh, you could just easily swap out a battery to keep it going. I could wipe it clean. I didn't want a lot of distractions. So a lot of the, the there's some detail and design work that is geared specifically for a young autistic child. I, and it, it works for a neurotypical baby. I've had friends who have, you know, neurotypical babies and like their one-year-old can use it. And uh, the older sibling can teach the younger sibling how to use, how to call mama. Um, and I can, let's see here. Mama! Like, and then there are stories I get mama. of uh, families where the, there's one specific story where the older sister taught the like three-year-old little girl who was non-speaking to just, and mom comes in the room. And so that cause and effect is so immediate as well. Uh, and I, I also, there's a price point. I, I really wanted to design something that everybody can purchase and not have to wait for Medicaid and not have to, you know, to create a GoFundMe for an iPad and an app. So there were a lot of uh, very specific design elements that were catered for uh, and any parent, a single mom, like whoever needs to access it. I also love that the, the book format is so similar to other children's books that are out there where, you know, they have that like panel on one side with pictures corresponding. And usually in those books, like as you're reading them, those little icons will be kind of like embedded in the text yeah. and then they push them. So it was very, it's probably very similar to books that, you know, they're seeing in classrooms or common spaces yes. or with peers. Yeah. They're, they blend in with the other resources out there, but they're so focused uh, we had a lot of the soundboard books and the moment where I, I was like, we need to do this was actually, we had a book that had 
colors. And so you push the button, it would say red or yellow, and there were fruits and there were photographs, not cartoons or um, line drawings. And my son was gesturing towards the blueberries and that was on the blue page. And that was my moment where I was like, man, if we could just make a book that shows blueberries and mm-hmm. apples and bananas, like this would be a visual menu yeah. and how much more functional this would be if that existed. And then I called my uncle and asked him for some money. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, how, like, how do you even find the publisher or the person that like puts that? No. Because this yeah. just isn't like a book, <laughs> right? I feel like yeah, just a regular turn a page book is way easier to kind of start that process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can sell, you can get Amazon to, to generate a regular novel, Yeah, um, but finding the factory to create or to manufacture this. It was a challenge. It's still a challenge right now. Um, I probably will be paying for these for the rest of my life. I I am basically forever indebted to my aunt and uncle. (laughs) Uh, But I reached out to uh, an importer from a previous employment and asked him like do you know of anything and he scoured the earth (laughs) trying to find the one factory and it really had we've only been able to find one factory and they basically manufacture all the Disney products all of the soundboard books and Mm -hmm. I currently whenever I see a soundboard book at Target or Costco, I, I flip it over. And Do you, see yeah. It. You probably look or, to see yeah, like, like oh, yep, it's that. another somewhere else that we can do yeah. this closer yeah. and there's nothing. And it, and it does affect the cost. Um, we've okay. tried to look into, you know, can we just build this here in Oregon yeah. and the cost would go up significantly. And that's, yeah. that's a big deal for me. I grew up with, um, you know, low income home. And I, that has such a soft spot in my heart. I don't ever want to lose uh, that particular um, family market. I want them to be able to access communication uh, because who knows if they can, if, will they get an iPad? Maybe the school will provide a device and then the kid switches schools and now they have no voice. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are specific um, financial elements to this that are important to me. For sure. And honestly, I feel like that is so important, obviously for a number of reasons, but like one of the very first things you said was there's not really anything else like this, like even a go talk, right. Yeah. Is very pricey for yep. like those and are they don't last long. hundreds of dollars. Yeah. 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 We had a go talk nine, and that was actually one of our um, our big communication breakthroughs was with the GoTalk9. And our SLP at the time, he was fabulous. He kind of let me uh, <laughs> guide where we were going based off of my interactions with my son. And at the time, Gestalt uh, language processing was not a thing. Uh, and I was like, I want to use phrases. I know that we're supposed to be linking buttons, but mm-hmm. I want my son to have that buy-in. I want him to want to use this. And so our, one of the phrases was, um, we had more and all done, but we also had, I don't want to. And which we now know is so important to have a way to reject 
uh, and not just always, you know, requests, but we need to have a way for a child to advocate for themselves. And, you know, this was before the whole like big advocacy, uh, self-advocacy movement. Um, but so one of the buttons said, I don't want to. And there was a day and he, my son wanted nothing to do with his go talk, but boy, did we exercise it at home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we were at a pool in the summer at a neighborhood pool of friends and it was crowded and it, the, the water was cold and we were all like, all right, we're getting in the pool. We're going to mm-hmm. do this. And I was like, there is no way my son is getting in that pool. He is like going to be climbing out of his skin basically. Mm-hmm. And so in the middle of this experience, I got the go talk out at the pool with all the splashing. And I sat him down on my lap and I was like, do you want to get in the pool? Mm-hmm. And I just like set up this beautiful opportunity. And it was the first time that he, you know, uh, communicated for himself and he said, I don't want to. And he pushed it over and over. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I called my husband over. I was like, dad, we have something to tell you. And I said, do you want to get in the pool? I don't want to. And then we had our next moment where one of our, the little friend is doing flips into the pool. And now we're sitting and having snacks and watching. And every time this other child would do a flip into the pool, my son pushed more do a flip more more and it was just the most phenomenal thing seeing like him communicate for the first time like a true um access to a device like just a beautiful moment um and from there we uh graduated to touch chat and I wiped it clean and rebuilt it I it looks nothing like touch chat but (laughs) it has all of his people, I put basically the Kelly Blue Book of vehicles <laughs> onto it because he loved cars and he would connect with everybody in our lives based off of the vehicle they drove. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask everybody if they were in his life, I wanted to know what, what make and model vehicle do you yeah. drive? Put that onto his touch chat. And anytime he would see that person, he would pull up that make and model and like identify this is you, you drive this car. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful that you did that because honestly, like number one, that's meeting him where he's at. Number two, that's like tapping directly into his interests and, you know, being, making sure that that device has all of that information is so, so important. It's that buy-in. It's so important. And that I, my, my platform on Instagram has kind of evolved into like a greater, like neurodiversity affirming practices and safe practices Um, but it really all did start with assistive communication and I, I should go back to my basics now that I'm (laughs) thinking about it, but I, that buy-in is so important that parents learn how to edit their child's, um, high-tech app. They need to know how to like, they're probably, the app is probably on YouTube on how to edit or ask their SLP. Mm -hmm. uh, How do I program in pictures, like photos of the people in my child's life? Their photos need to be on there so that they can 
request or talk about those people, put their favorite foods on there, put the places. We have different towns on my child's device now. And even though he's speaking, um, a lot of it is for his working memory at this point mm -hmm. um, so that he can recall like where, what places do we go in what town? That way he can talk about those different places. And then we put like we have our grocery items on the grocery store so that he can talk about like what he wants to get from the grocery store or mm -hmm. we use it as a checklist. When, if we go to the grocery store, what do we need to get? Um, there are so many elements to customizing a child's communication device that, that are like, I'm, I feel really strongly about. And then having a whole page of how to reject uh, that's super important too, of like different ways. Like I don't want to wear this shirt um, giving a child opportunities to, to advocate for themselves. Um, uh, I could talk about this a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. I love hearing that because I know one thing that, um, I did right before school started was I sent a message to all of my parents, like, please make sure you add vocab from this summer, like places you yeah. traveled, things that you did because right. Like that's a question conversations. people ask a million times when they see you and they haven't seen you for months yeah. is what how's you your summer? summer? What did you do? And if yeah. like if Disney world is on there. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad you said that. That's so important. Um, okay. What is one thing or maybe a couple of things that you would recommend to an SLP or a parent that is going to use these books? Because I, um, I should preface this with, I have all of your books and I even wrote a grant to purchase a bunch of them <laughs> that, yeah. And, um, that got like approved from my school district and I like send some home with my students and I love them, but I guess like what's one piece of advice that you would give an SLP or a parent on if they had this book in front of them and kind of how to use it with their student. I modeling it. I think modeling without expectation is super important that we're not just uh, creating opportunities for the child to communicate with the books or whatever assistive communication system is being used. Um, the, the parents, the siblings, like make it a family thing where we communicate to each other using the books or a device that and we're not setting an expectation like say this or push the button like we are communicating to them and it's I always I know that you were you know on the same team here with that message um but if you want to teach a person to speak Spanish you speak Spanish to them um and it's the same thing with assistive communication modeling without expectation um using it to communicate to them and then one day they will do it too. Yeah. That's great advice. I love that. Um, and then kind of going along with that, and I know you've, you've already talked about this a little bit, but, um, I'm sure that some of our listeners, especially parents out there would love to hear from you some advice that you have for finding resources in AAC and finding resources in how to get devices or fun devices. Um, especially because, it is such an overwhelming experience. Um, what advice would you give them? 
Uh, I know here in Oregon, the OHSU has a grant. Um, it's only in November and a SLP has to apply for it. And I would imagine that any children's hospital is going to have grants as well. And really doing your diligence on researching grants in general. Uh, we've received quite a few different things on grants that we wouldn't be able to afford, uh, you know, no family can afford every single thing that a disabled child needs. You need to learn how to access um, grants. And when Medicaid denies it, you appeal. Uh, don't take the first no for an answer or insurance too. Um, learning how to be the squeaky wheel, don't give up. Uh, and, you know, use your therapist, your pediatrician, the uh, geneticist, like all of them. I, ask everybody and don't give up. Don't take note that first. No, it's, I feel like it's always just a, like, how bad do you really want this? It's not necessarily a, you're never going to get it. It's like, do you really, really want this? Do you really need it? How hard are you willing to work for it? Um, and so researching uh, grants and Medicaid and appeals and reaching out to other parents too, finding the local Facebook groups uh, for um, parenting, parenting an autistic child, or your, if your child has a genetic disorder, getting involved in a support group for that and finding out what other parents have been able to access. Uh, I've found all parents of disabled children. We are so willing to help each other and support each other. Uh, there's just a, such a camaraderie there. And a lot of times we have resources and we are so willing to share with each other. Um, I did want to place like extra emphasis on two things you said. Number one is like heavily relying on the team that you have of medical professionals, because the second thing I'm going to say is like, for example, my son has epilepsy. He's two. And we were just like going through the process of moving him from a crib to a bed. And we were talking to his neurologist and his neurosurgeon, all of these things. And we're like, what? what extra precautions do we need to take? They recommended this monitor for him. I was like, perfect. Sounds great. Send me the link. And then I opened the link and I'm like, it's $1,500. Yeah. It's 15, like things. And I'm sure anyone listening to this will agree that like access to those things that individuals need medical devices would not be so expensive. No. I'm going it's through a processing a three thousand dollar car seat. It's insane. It's it it, it yeah. It's rude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I sympathize. I'm right there with you. I sympathize, <laughs> and it's frustrating because I see it on both ends. I see it like as a parent with my child, where like when I go to refill his medication that he absolutely needs, it's six hundred dollars a month. Ugh. So then I have to fight with insurance, and then I see it from like my SLP side where I'm frustrated for the families that are applying for devices and are getting turned down. It's just so frustrating. Okay. I'll yeah. step off my soapbox on that. <laughs> it is frustrating. Yeah. Solidarity. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you to get more information, any social links that you may have or an email if they wanted to reach out? Yeah, so I my Instagram is I want to tell you books that I respond to every message. 
Um, my email is Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-I-A, at IWantToTellYouBooks.com. I will respond to your email. If you reach out to me and you're like, I am a single mom with five kids, three are autistic, and I need help, I want to work with you to figure out what can, how can we figure, how can we get these books to your child so that they can communicate? I will work with teachers and um, grants and SLPs. Like I am here to help. And even if it's a parent who is sending me an Instagram message, like I am in over my head, um, here's what's going on. I will respond to you, whether it's like, yeah, I've been there, uh, it's hard. Or if maybe like my brain doesn't stop <laughs> problem solving is true. That's my neurodivergence is that I'm always looking for a solution like somehow. And if you send me a message of I'm going through this, my, the wheels in my head are not going to stop turning. I'm going to be like, how about this? How about that? And, you know, with, I also am, because I'm a parent, I know the whole like, well, have you tried removing gluten from their diet? Like, get out of here with that. It's but, the red um, dye. <laughs> it's the red Every dye. Time. Like, Every we've time. All, we're all removing <laughs> red food dye. Come on. But uh, I will be thinking about functional ways and uh, to problem solve. Like I'm, I'm all about engineering your environment uh, to be more sensory friendly for your child and for yourself too. Um, there, yeah, if, if somebody sends me a message on Instagram, it's, I want to tell you books and I do a lot of, um, just a lot of neurodiversity affirming content. That's really where I've been lately and I'm talking about ADHD as well and, um, exploring how self-regulation as a parent, uh, there's a lot of different, um, things that I, that I am passionate about. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for all that you do, Natasha. Like you are a wonderful advocate in this area. And I love that you respond to every message. Like that's so helpful to people that need it. That's amazing. It's it's important. We, yes. we all need each other. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you so much for talking with us. We will make sure that all of your information is in our show notes also. So our listeners know where to find you and we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech or on my website, speechissupersweet.com. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.